All right, Joe, we are back on the podcast where we are training men in spiritual fitness. And we are, I think, on week five now of our Hudson Taylor Hero Challenge. And um, I don't know about you, but I've kind of gotten to this point uh, now that we've been doing this for over a month um, where I am just not at all surprised by some of the outcomes of what Hudson Taylor is doing. And uh, I've kind of made a turn in my mind. Uh, at, at one point when Hudson Taylor was doing what he was doing, I'm like, man, this guy's crazy. Just give it up, Hudson. Go home, right? We're, we're talking about this great missionary guy with great stories and, and, and incredible, like unbelievable things that he's going through. At some point, I'm like, man, just, you should give up. You should go home. But now, Joe, I got to admit, I've made the turn. Now I'm like, you know what? Why not, Hudson? Why not? Just keep going, man. Just keep, why not at this point? What, you're going to eat snakes fried in lamp oil? Yeah, go for it. You know, you're going <laughs> to trying to stay up all night because you're going to be jumped by some guys who are, you know, addicted to opium, trying to steal the little bit of money that you have. Why not? Just keep going, Hudson, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and each As each story gets almost crazier and crazier, uh, I find myself now looking at Hudson and being like, yeah, this just kind of checks out. This makes sense. Just just keep going. Keep going. You're already, you know, this far. Um, but I, a little question for you. As you look at Hudson Taylor's life at this point, would you want to go with him on some of these crazy missions? You know, we've been asking guys over the course of this challenge as they've been, you know, committing themselves to prayer, committing themselves to reading about the life of Hudson Taylor and talking about some of this in groups of friends. Uh, we've asked them to kind of pretend that Hudson Taylor has joined their group of friends, right? And is, is kind of in on their conversations. But let me flip that and ask you, Joe, would you want to leave your group of friends and go on missionary tour with Hudson Taylor. What what excites you about that? Maybe what scares you about that? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that we're not really there yet, but it's going to come to a spot where um, Hudson Taylor has started this inland mission and he's recruiting people. And he actually, he actually gives these advertisements for the kind of man that he wants to join him. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think part of it is like when I hear him talk about the guys he wants to be doing mission with, what do he want me? This is the sort of thing he says. He says, uh, here's one example. You know, China is not to be won for Christ by quiet, easy, loving men and women. The stamp of men and women we need is such as will put Jesus, China souls first and foremost in everything. And at every time, even life itself must be secondary mm. or uh, try this one. Um, you know, the most important spiritual quality needed would be the unshakable conviction that there is a faithful God coupled with the ability and willingness to trust him. Mm. And so, I mean, I'll be honest, I think these job advertisements, if you saw my like sort of spiritual resume, so to speak, or my heart, I'm not sure, I'm not sure that I'd be able to go, uh, that I really have the kind of conviction, but I will say that, um, that I think it's growing. I think, I think, you know, hanging around Hudson Taylor imaginatively, I can see my heart starting to, uh, desire, to, to be pushed out of my comfort zone. And so uh, I hope, I hope that week by week, I'm getting to that place where, I, yeah, where, wherever, not so much Hudson Taylor, but Jesus is leading. I want to say yes to. Yes. Yeah. I think that's right. And I, I think for myself, I'm like, I think what, what excites me about the idea of being uh, on some of these missionary journeys with Hudson Taylor is also what scares me. I think they're kind of one of the same. What excites me is the adventure of it. I love 
adventure. And I love like, man, yeah, throw me in some, some crazy scenarios and yeah, let's go walk till our feet are almost falling off. You know, like he's, he's always doing these uh, crazy things, walking through uh, parts of China and just reaching new people. Um, But what scares me, I think is the repetition of the adventure (laughs) that it never ends. So I'm all about, give me one week of, of adventure, going to reach new people, going to see God at work in miraculous ways, going to, you know, uh, tie yourself to a, a group of lost people. Uh, that's exciting for about a week, but the repetition of like this guy, we're on like chapter 12 now, I think uh, he's, he's told us 11 stories now, 11 different stories of crazy adventure and God's faithfulness over and over and over again. And I think at some point, man, what, what scares me is just the exhaustion of it all. Like, golly, we're, we're still doing this. We're still, <laughs> but he, he does it. He does it. And I think it's 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 that element, though, that in that moment of danger, what he's going to want us to do is to lean on God. And so, you know, it's not just the kind of adventure that you go on. But at the end of the day, you're looking for the MacGyver who can just get you out. He's going to call you into prayer. And I think, again, these people he's recruiting to China, he says you know, he wants people who are willing to go to China with the only guarantees that they have are those that are within the covers of their pocket Bibles. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that's for me, just being pushed out to this place where you're in utter dependence. And then in that moment, rather than panicking, looking inward, waiting on God and just trusting. Him. And I think, man, that that's where I think I would be so challenged if I was out there with him on the mission field. Yeah. So, the opening chapter this week, we're going to have guys read chapters 12 and 13 in his autobiography. In the opening chapter, he um, has another familiar scenario where he is faced with a tough decision, right? What to me, what to him is like this very difficult decision. Am I going to go and do another one of these tour missionary journeys somewhere else? Uh, or am I going to stay where I'm at? And really the big decision for him is he's got a friend. He's got uh, Burns there with him, you know, that he's united to, excited about. And he's like, man, if I leave, then I'm leaving this friendship and this encouragement that I have alongside this brother. And I, I just I'm struggling with that, that, uh, that idea of leaving this to go over there um, to, to start this new tour. And um, but then he has this hymn that's sung in front of him and it, and it has this line, I will go. And it talks about leaving your friends behind. And I will go. And uh, and it's just like turn in the chapter where he's like, and then I heard, you know, I heard this and I sang it and it, it affected my affections and I decided I will go. And this was one of these moments, Joe, where, where I did. I make that turn. I'm like, dude, that is the most anticlimactic part of that chapter. I am not at all surprised that when, when Hudson Taylor heard, I will go, that he was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. I, I will go. I'll, I'll do it. I will leave my friendship behind and I will go to wherever God calls me. I will go in obedience to go reach the, the unreached people. There's like this inevitability, it almost seems like, to some of the decisions and obedience of Hudson Taylor's life. And you can kind of see where he's headed as a man. You can kind of see the, the you can begin now to see that clear vision of, oh, yeah, of course he's going to bring hundreds of missionaries to China. Of course, he's going to be a man who's known for like, I think it's like 20,000 conversions that happened, you know, through through all the it's insanity. But I, it did have me thinking. Um, so I'm at, at the same time I'm reading this uh, Hudson Taylor autobiography, I'm also reading the biography of another guy. And it didn't hit me until this week uh, that they actually lived in the same exact time period. Actually, they were born just a few years apart. And they have very, very similar first parts of their life. 
Um, it's just the last parts that, that turned out to be a little different. So this other guy, he also grew up in a home where he began in an early age to be convicted by wanting to trust God and follow God and was encouraged by his mother to do so. Um, he faced tough decisions and made a, a habit of coming to God to rectify those tough decisions and, and saying, God, what do you want me to do? This is the description of Hudson Taylor as well. Uh, this guy at the age of 16, he became an accountant at a major firm. And at the age of 20, he was running big businesses. But his thing was he he was really good with money. And he was really good with uh, helping people um, to come on to one page. It kind of like um, making deals. He, he was really good at just making deals, making business deals and organizing money. He did this from an early age. And you have these two guys that, that from an early age kind of had the same faith system and trusting God. But then they had their own knacks. And they their their lives came different. One is Hudson Taylor, who yeah built the China Inland Mission. This other guy was John D. Rockefeller, who became the world's you know or you know the richest man in modern history at least you know, and a guy who was known for philanthropy, really just transformed the way we think of philanthropy. But you can see just little bits of their life. The trajectory almost becomes inevitable at a certain point because I see the same thing as I'm reading about John D. Rockefeller, like. At the beginning of his life, I'm like, him becoming the richest man seems impossible. And I think the same thing of Hudson Taylor. I look at his early life, I'm like, what? He's going to go to China and make a huge... He's just some dude. Um, but then the further into their lives that you get, and you start to see a pattern of behavior, you start to see God's unique gifting in their lives, you start to see them pushing in... Like it almost becomes inevitable. <laughs> you're, you're almost like, oh, well, you're not surprised, I guess. It's not that you could predict it, but you're just not surprised by how they turn out. How do we help guys to maybe see this same idea, this same concept in their own life? Because I think that there's the same truth for each of us, that there becomes a certain point where, like, I know one thing my friends aren't telling me is uh, that behind my back, they're saying, I'm not surprised. Like when I make decisions, big decisions in life, they're just, honestly, they've seen a pattern and they're not surprised. Do you, does that Does that ring true at all or am I way off base? Yeah, no, I think, if you could sit down with old Hudson Taylor when he's 70 and say, man, how did you become the man that you are? You know, he'd say, let me tell you a story. And he'd tell a story that we're reading. And what's interesting is what looks like it's kind of inevitable. The reason he's telling us these stories is because it wasn't inevitable. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like you get to the chapter 13 and, and part of what he's part of what he's trying to get us to see is that these were live choices for him. And he's got this wonderful line where talking about um you know there's this moment where he finds out the the premises where all the medicine and all the instruments that he was needed for his ministry it was burnt down and he was totally distraught hmm. and he has this little comment he says i had not then learned to think of god as the one great circumstance in whom we live move and have our being and all lesser external circumstances as necessarily the kindest wisest best because either order or permitted by him what he's saying is like, I had to learn a lesson back then. And in these moments, these are live choices. They look like, oh, we know what he's going to choose because we know who he ends up. But he wasn't that man when he was 35 years old. And if he hadn't have made those choices, he wouldn't have developed that character. And so that lesson, the one great circumstance, that's what God was teaching him. Things change. The things that you think are significant. No, the one who sovereignly is uh, orchestrating everything is your heavenly father. So you can trust he's mm. got a, a wiser purpose that he's working out in our, in our lives. And so I'll just tell guys, um, 
you know, realize it's a live game right now. Your friends might think it's inevitable. The truth is you can change for better or worse, but it's going to depend if you're really learning these lessons that God wants to teach you in whatever the crisis is right in front of you right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, you know, it reminds me uh, some of that James Clear quote, uh, you know, uh, will my current habits take me to my desired destination? And that you are making live, it's live right now. I'm making decisions today in my habits and routines and things that will make my future in some sense inevitable. It's not inevitable in the sense like it's already predicted, it's already happening, but it's like, wait, you you are making live tough decisions today about how you're going to handle your life um, that are creating a trajectory, create, you know, you're, you're beginning to form a path here. And yes, a, a man like Hudson Taylor, who says, I learned to see God as my one great circumstance, that title that he gave God there, I think is beautiful. I think it's, it's so great. It reminded me too, of, you know, the, the apostle Paul and uh, saying, you know, oh man, to, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Like he, he wants to be, or Jesus in, you know, John 14, I want to go and be with the father. Like there's this draw of these kind of men who are like, that's the best circumstance I can be in. That's the one great circumstance. And we look at their lives, you know, afterwards and we say, oh, it was inevitable that, yeah, of course they gave everything and followed. Uh, but in the moment, yeah, tough decisions, life and death. Yeah, and, and I, think, adventure. I think we can even flip it or even push it further and say that that part of this then is we can recognize that God, he's put us right now into circumstances to grow us into that man he wants us to be. Mm. So part of why it looks inevitable, it's not because of who Hudson Taylor is, it's who God is crafting Hudson Taylor to be within his kingdom. Yes. And I love, and he, he gets this later on in life, he, he's got this wonderful statement where, um, you know, he says, we only know and understand talking about mm. God. We only know and understand that through which we have passed. Like you got to pass through difficult circumstances to learn knowledge and to become a kind of person. And so we should take great comfort in one sense, knowing, hey, God, he has, you know, he has you in his hands and, you know, whatever those, I mean, Hudson Taylor, his feet are bleeding and, you know, he's getting money stolen and it looks like everything's going wrong. No, God used that to make him into this man of great faith. And if we'll lean into what God's doing, everything that looks like it's going wrong in our life right now, it's going to be used for good. And God's going to make us into somebody, you know, that has a real faith and a real testimony to share too. So there was uh, another, you've quoted Hudson Taylor now, our friend Hudson, a couple of times. And uh, there's another quote I came across that uh, has been helpful in me thinking through my prayer time uh, here recently. And uh, because, you know, part of this is we want guys to be also thinking through their prayer lives. And what are you praying right now? How how are you dedicating yourself to become a man of prayer? So um, in some sense, some of this Hudson Taylor challenge is also challenging you um, to think about, okay, what kind of man was Hudson Taylor in, in prayer? What kind of man do I want to be? What kind of man am I currently evaluating that, challenging yourself to, to grow in prayer? Um, but I think of, of this quote that's that's helped me some is, uh, how few of the Lord's people have recognized the truth that Christ is either Lord of all or is not Lord at all. And um, and just to, for guys to create some time in their 20, we're asking for guys to create 20 minutes of, of prayer a day. Um, and to just sit and ask God to reveal the areas of my life where where something else is Lord, where I've made something else or someone else Lord, I find to be a very convicting exercise um, because that's part of what I see in Hudson Taylor's life, although not perfect. Um, 
there is this sense that he says, you know what, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And that's something we've got to grapple with. Where do I trust God? Where do I not trust God? And and how do I begin to shore that up? Yeah, I think um, as guys think of this element, uh, you know, one of Hudson Taylor's friends is, is good old George Mueller. And, uh, you know, George Mueller went into a prayer time every morning. He didn't come out. He didn't leave his quiet time until he said his heart was happy with God. Hmm. And what he meant by that, like his heart was resting on the truth of who God is. And so, you know, as we go into this prayer time, you know, through this challenge, I'd really encourage guys, you know, wrestle with your emotions. And we often talk about this cross train, like get your anxieties out in front of you, uh, okay. put them down on paper and then walk through them, lay them. What you see in Hudson Taylor's life is when the big stuff happens, when he loses a child or a wife, when his first wife passes, he takes it and he rolls it onto the shoulders of God, knowing that God can carry it, but he can't. And it's because of that, that he ends up in this place where he he has this incredible ability to keep a piece of heart in the midst of really trying circumstances. And his secret is something we can benefit from. Yeah. It really is just going and just casting it on God's shoulders as often as the worry comes until, like you said, we develop the habit such that we don't try to carry these burdens. We're the child. He's the father. Let him do his role. And we're going to have a whole lot more relief. And so let's go into our prayer times, you know, with that as the objective. So I want to kind of wrap this up in just a, a doubling down on what we're asking guys to do and do and doing this through another quote from Hudson Taylor. Because, again, in this challenge, we're asking guys to meditate on the promises of God, right? So we've got eight promises that that we believe, man, guys, you really, you know, you you need to double down these, not only meditate, memorize them, recite them to your friends, be, make it a normal part of the language that you have in your friend group. Uh, but then we're asking guys to, to pray for 20 minutes a day, to try to log 20 minutes worth of prayer every day. Um, and then also, yes, reading the stories of our friend Hudson Taylor through his biography and gathering with friends to to talk about it. Um, but there's a there's another quote um, from Hudson that I think feeds into this. And he says this, um, that he lived by three important rules or three important truths, um, that there is a God, that he has spoken to us in the Bible, and that he means what he says. Oh, man, that's it's so simple, but so true. There is a God. He has spoken to us in the Bible. And he means what he says. What would, Joe, what would the, the lives of men look like if they believed those three important truths? I mean, the word of God is amazing. I mean, if, if, if we, and we're trying to get guys to memorize these promises where God is saying he wants to do things for us. He wants to strengthen. He wants to be our refuge. He wants to uphold us um, to take God at his word. I mean, this is this is the ground on which we can stand and we can have strength. Um, it's the ground on which we find freedom from anxiety and that peace that actually guards. It's like, you know, a garrison that's protecting our hearts. We can actually have that. These things aren't ideals. They're not impossible, you know, uh, things that only the Olympians of kind of um, the Christian faith can have. There's These are for everyday Christians. And so, you know, that attitude, you know, God has spoken. We're going to take his word as if he means it and build our life upon that foundation. Guys, do that. And what a difference it's going to be for you, for your family. Um, it's going to it's going to produce a whole change for people around you. They're going to see the difference, just like we see the difference when we look at Hudson Taylor. That's it. Yeah. And that's our hope for you, for you guys. And that's uh, where we'll leave you today is just kind of, hey, what would your life look like if you meditated on these eight promises that we've given you to, to meditate on and actually begin to believe them? 
you know, what, what is the trajectory of trajectory of your life look like? And man, I'm encouraged by that. As I look at my friends, as I look at you, Joe, and I think of, man, what if Joe, you know, based his life off believing these truths of God, what does his future look like? And uh, I, I think that's inspiring and encouraging. And so I hope you guys are taking this seriously. Meditate on the promises of God. Spend time in prayer. Reflect on them. Um, be in awe of God for his promises and, and what he's done. And then talk to your friends about it, man. Begin to make this a regular pattern. So y'all uh, do that this week and then come back next week and join us uh, for more on this Hudson Taylor Hero Challenge.